0: this is episode 225 of the gold squadron podcast i'm your host dio morales and today i'm joined by marcel is currently walking home with his groceries manzano insert reply here there will be none expect a, a random what are we doing in about 20 minutes will they are old codes but they check out Hagwood. hey how's it going everybody Ryan, two sons, no fun, Staniszewski.
1: Can't see how living on Tatooine would be any fun. It's just really hot. I enjoyed this past weekend of it not being hot like the rest of the summer was.
0: This is true. This is true. <laughs> well today we got we got quite a few things to go ahead and cover Um, announcements of news if you missed it the Tatooine galactic championship qualifier went down this weekend we got a champion we'll talk about them in a minute we got a very interesting top four upcoming this week we have amg dropping some news supposed to be a lot of stuff a single panel in their mini extravaganza for x-wing we're going to talk about that here in a little bit uh, the Razor Crest got revealed as well so we got uh, th- that's exciting we're going to talk about whether whether or not how thick do we think the Razor Crest actually is and uh, I, our first topic is going to be the, probably the stickiest of all of them let's just get this one out of the way Asmone North America announced this last week that prices are going up going up 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 um i'm going to be honest and say um i was i was surprised at first i had a double take and went oh wait that makes sense that that was my my live um reaction if you didn't see this i'm going to go ahead and pull up the uh the email here or the the public post that they made here in a moment uh your thoughts while i get that up and running fam
1: I think I had a similar uh, response that, that you did. I mean, I remember back in the day when I uh, my first Majors game was Warhammer, and there was the time at which I played it, there were like two or three times that they had price increases. They always felt kind of bad. Um, this one feels like the reasoning behind it makes sense. Though, you know, everything going on the past year and a half of COVID and difficulties of shipping and costs of materials, everything across the board is more expensive because it's either more scarce or fingers crossed companies might actually be ponying up and paying more of their employees, but that's, uh, that's more of a hope maybe, but we'll see. Um, But in general, it's getting more costly to send stuff because of the past year and a half
0: yeah i mean even even just shipping the cost of shipping things across the ocean has gone up significantly manufacturing um because right everything everything when it comes to manufacturing and stuff like that works in the future, right? You're always x amount of time ahead. we know that develop the developers have constantly told us uh for these games that they're a year year and a half, sometimes even two years ahead when um you know when they're thinking about stuff then there's about a a year to six months of actually getting things in packaging getting them where they have to go before we actually hit the store so there's a lot of a lot of steps there and just The turbulence that (laughs) that was COVID uh, has caused issues for all kinds of things, right? Not just games. There's all kinds of things. The the prices on cars are higher. The prices on groceries are higher. I mean, just all all the things in life, uh, a lot of them have gone up in price. So to be honest, I'm not entirely surprised. Now, if you're curious for as to how much uh, things are going up in price, I went ahead and I just kind of made a copy of their spreadsheet. I only grabbed the X-Wing stuff because we're an X-Wing podcast, but this is across a lot of their lines. And essentially, their a majority of their things are going up 20% that's about what you're looking at uh small bases are about three dollars more we can see that uh large bases about six dollars and the, the price list here uh just basically shows you right there about 20 percent more expensive for things which depending of course on the base price of the item will give you what that is but they, they just went in and slapped tw- plus 20 percent on everything as you can see it right there the highest number i see here is 25 percent but that is on uh the first edition blue bases and pegs i haven't even seen those in second edition so i'm kind of surprised to even see it on this list to be completely honest somebody probably just went and took a got a product list and then decided hey one dollar is not enough we're gonna raise it to two dollars on those but uh yeah, thoughts? I was kind of
1: surprised as well to even see first edition products on there that actually had a price increase. They're not just trying to like get them out, get them out. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Now, my understanding so this is the 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 MSRP, which means that the ordering price, right? So MSRP, manufacturer suggested retail price, is this is higher, and that means that the ordering price, the wholesale, is also going to be more expensive right so the your stores right now one of two things are going to happen if there's product on the shelf right now it's an opportunity i'm going to call it an opportunity but for brick and mortar businesses to they might end up raising the price for what's on the shelf to possibly make up for time now that's a interesting business decision you might decide to keep it the same price i don't know um, i'm curious to see what my local store is going to do as of right now they hadn't even talked about it but uh expect this to roll out over time uh will you surprised by this uh no not at all i mean the i
2: think x-wing we've gotten so used to x-wing being uh honestly cheap for what we're getting. Like, we're getting fully painted, fully assembled miniatures for the price of like, uh, toys, half the quality. I was looking, doing some price uh, comparisons of just like, what would it take to buy a plastic X-Wing toy? And I couldn't find one for under $15. Uh, So to get an actually good miniature, plus all the punch and cards, Uh, that come with it for the game uh we've been we've been getting a good deal on it for a really long time so back back in the day they used to be 15 for small yeah that was a steal a steal um i mean corsets are still only sell for like or they probably went up but they used to sell for like 40 bucks which was you got all that stuff and three models yep super good deal i can mean, debate about with the Tile ty Lynn was a good model or not but um so no i'm not surprised by it at all um i've been anticipating a price jump in x for a long time i thought they had switched to like uh essentially just a different business model like utilizing those boxes more which they have started to do mm-hmm. um or maybe like a I don't know if they'd ever go like a print on demand for like your cards or anything I don't think they'd ever do that but so now it's not it's not surprising at all for me and it's still not unreasonable for uh the quality of miniatures uh it keeps increasing all the ones with little um mo- uh not modular articulating is that the right word yeah they're the um, the moving parts yeah the moving parts exactly um so yeah, what they've been able to accomplish with that, like the B wings where the cockpit rotates, the whole thing rotates, and the wings flap. So I don't know. I'll, it's not surprising to me.
0: And it's a perfect time for Marcel to jump in and give us his thoughts. Uh we we're talking about the, the price changing. You know, you're 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 our, our, our business insider, Marcel. Thoughts on <laughs> As we get our our audio listeners, uh, didn't see the, uh, the eyebrow raise who me, uh, from, from Marcel thought, I mean, I'm assuming you're also not surprised by the price increase here. Seeing an X-Wing a couple things.
3: One of them is every time I hear like business or any reference to business for, for some reason, my brain automatically goes to the 1980s movie, uh, gremlins, where there's the smart, Gremlin saying buy 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 sell sell sell. I was like, okay, I I can't I can't hear that word uh, without thinking gremlin. Okay, so I was, I'm not gonna say expecting it, but um, you know, it it makes sense. It's uh, you you've seen it across the board for everything from gas prices to raw material prices to shipping prices. Um, You know, I know. Anybody who's going through any type of uh, moving, like we, we just moved, we bought stuff from Ashley Furniture and some other furniture stores that they're like, oh yeah, your furniture will be delivered next week, next month, next year. Now we're like, <laughs> we're just getting like weekly emails like, nope, not yet, nope, not yet. I mean, it's, it's tough, you know, get it, get on people's uh, shipping schedules or shipping calendars. It's, it's just everything's backed up. So it makes sense. What What doesn't make sense to me, however, mm-hmm. Is uh, the timing of the
0: announcement. Um, It it was an announcement, right? I mean, kind of. They posted it on their website. It went out in an email to anybody who was on their newsletter list.
3: So it was an Esmode announcement. Yeah. So, uh, and I think it's just a matter of, um, you know, big, big overseer not talking to Little Pawn. Uh, because the, uh, it doesn't make sense with them having a, um, an event scheduled for this week to make the announcement ahead of time. It it probably makes more sense. Uh, if you were running it yourself and you were making the announcement yourself, it would probably make sense to make the announcement live in at the same time as you're making like positive announcements. So it's like, oh, we're doing all these great things. Um, and, and then be able to kind of like explain it and, and then say, this will enable all these great things versus, oh, we're not going to support Armada. Now all your prices are going to go up, uh, wait till next week to see what we're going to do, you know, (laughs) you know, how, how things are going to be great. So I think just the, uh, the timing of it is off. But again, I don't think, you know, if it's, if it's an asmodee notification, not, uh, it's probably they. It's just probably not. Well, actually, I'm not even gonna say because I, I would imagine that as Modi would let all their, um, all all the manufacturers know, or yeah, they're like, hey, we're gonna be raising prices. We're gonna announce it on such and such date. Like I would hope they would do that. But anyway, that's that's my take on it. I think it's necessary. It's just not necessary, but I think it's expected. Um. And just the timing of it is leaves a little bit to be desired with announcing two negatives before, you know, a, a fair way before the, what I assume will be positives this, this, this week.
0: All right. Well, ho- hopefully we end up with some positives, but that, that's where actually where we're going to jump next. All right. We're going to jump next. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the announcement. We we have officially seen now that the Razor Crest is, uh, is a ship and we're going to have it. We're going to be able to play with it. Here is the picture. If you all haven't seen it. All right, in all of its glory, the Razor Crest. Now we were we were having a little bit of a debate. Actually, I'll, I'll be honest, it wasn't me. Uh, I I heard uh, Ryan and Will being very studious, very studious, and discussing what size they thought. I, I would love to give uh, the folks at home a peek behind the door. You guys were doing some really great like comparisons between other ships. What you suspect? Uh, I'd like I'd like you guys to take the lead on this. What do you think? Me, we, we can see from the peg it is going to be medium or large. Which one is it and why? What do you think, Will?
2: All right. So the numbers now, there is no
0: confirmed numbers, I'm sure,
2: or I would hope that the sculpt makers um, with FFG, AMG, whatever, um, had gotten some at least something close to it. Uh, but the unofficial number was 26 and a half meters uh, from the edge of the the back of the ship all the way to the end of the front cannons Uh, That puts it six meters more uh, than the IG-2000 aggressor and uh, Almost twice the length of an X-Wing For its size. Uh, I think that uh, Would put it into a medium uh, capacity is ryan is there any any chance it could go to large
1: i don't think so because i think one of the other ones that kind of helped us seal the deal when we had our discussion was i said was it compared to the thai reaper and i, I think it sounded mm-hmm. like the thai reaper was actually one of the largest cannon medium-based ships that we checked so far and it was was it larger or was the Razor Crest still just a little? Uh,
2: like it was like twenty four meters, I think, for the Reaper. So yeah. just a little bit smaller. And those are those big wings on that Reaper as well.
1: Yeah, so it's very comparable. I think most people expect this ship to be a medium base, and I think that's a good guess to make. In a world where it's large, I I don't know. but it just it it seems weird. To be a large ship i think um i don't know how it would i mean obviously we have no idea how the medium ship is going to play let alone if it's a large but
0: mm-hmm.
1: it just seems like something that should be medium if it's large that'll be interesting and we'll see how that works out
2: All right well i mean we've gone through where like ig 2000s and even fire sprays in first edition were large space ships and it just killed their maneuverability except when boosting Boosting was actually a lot better as a large base.
0: That's true. Yeah,
1: I, I wouldn't. Uh, I, I. It'd be nice to have more medium bases in the game in general, uh, even if it's going to what a faction that already has a solid amount of them. Greaser so- G1A Fire Spray. Kimogilla, uh, So four.
0: Is there one more? Ah, Skurg. uh, the Skurge. Yeah. Five. Yep. I mean, the scum and villainy just has the the, the most ships. <laughs> I don't know if that's yeah. quantifiably true. It feels that way. It feels I, it that is way. true. There it are is are true, like 20,
2: right? There are like over twenty ships in scum faction right now. Right.
3: Now <laughs> I'm gonna go big. You you think it's gonna be big? Well, I don't know. I mean, the model it looks kind of small because of the peg. So with the peg, I would say small, uh, medium. Um,
0: I guess if we wanted to get but, real crazy, we would take this, we would photoshop out the peg, okay, we'd measure that out, all right, and see how many peg like the 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 studs, how many studs high by wide approximately it is i mean we could figure out the actual wise, physical size of it
3: physical size it kind of gives me a a a lat vibe okay like like physical size wise it gives me kind of like a lat vibe uh so that probably says medium, uh, so I'll probably go with medium, but um i I wouldn't be completely surprised if it was large, just like a small ship on a large larger base, kind of like the uh the pod on the small base looks like it, just like a little pebble on top.
0: all right well um i think the next part that i want to talk about here is this image came with the the confirmation and announcement that on september 9th that is this thursday at 4 p.m pacific time so that means it's going to be 6 p.m central there's going to be a panel uh did i count that wrong
1: no i'm just not central so i'm seven for for me (laughs)
0: seven got it (laughs) so 6 p.m central 7 p.m eastern uh, 5 p.m mountain i don't know whatever you know convert yourself from there i got i I gave you three um there's going to be a developers and design type thing we don't know how long their stream is going to be for that Um, I would like it to be an hour like I think that would be a good amount of time to cover the amount of stuff that they said they were going to cover because there's also a post with this I'll go ahead and grab that right now in the post they go ahead and say Atomic Mask Games Mini Extravaganza is next week join us on our Twitch channel uh, for discussion of all things X-Wing including okay Points, rules updates, the future of organized play, and, of course, new products. So that's four really big categories to talk about. I think they need to at least an hour can can cover that because points that that can include hyperspace changes, why they made the changes they are unless we're getting something of the sorts of hi everybody we're releasing the new points on x date our rules are updating on this date Uh, and they spend most of the time talking about new products and organized play that would be maybe a half an hour presentation but i I would love to see uh, some some big stuff here now will we'll start with you which of these four are you the most excited about
2: Oh, that's a tough question, Dion. Uh, Probably points and rules updates, honestly. Uh, It's what I think has been, for me at least, it's killed my excitement for, like, discovering new lists right now. Um just been in the the same kind of season the same kind of points structures for so long it's kind of worn down my uh ambitious list building um so i think that would uh excite me for list building to see uh, what what points got dropped um and what kind of new combinations i can make uh with uh the ships i'm wanting to fly right now uh, then also i mean obviously we there's a few things i Sure cards coming to people's minds, but uh a few cards that we know are going up in price. Um and how those affect uh my current
0: builds. All right. So let's let's talk about organized play. Marcel, what do you want to see them talking about organized play? We were hoping that they would talk about it. Confirmed, there are words.
3: Words. Uh yeah, and it's the uh, probably you know it can go very many ways the same way. It's like points like, Hey, there will be point changes. We haven't forgotten. Please stay tuned. Then we'll release them on, you know, later this month. Same thing with organized play. It could be something just like, Hey, there is a plan in mind. Trust us. Uh, you know, 2022 will be a worlds, which they've already said in their first, um, kitchen, uh, dining room stream. Um, the, the, um, so I, 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 I'm hoping that they give something a little bit more fleshed out as far as what I want to hear is what is going to tie organized play together, because there's organized play at, um, you know, at store kits and you know events that are either main events or events that are side events, you know, uh, and they've talked about wanting to take. Just the regular um, organized, you know, just dogfight and switch it up a bit for 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 events. So all of that is nice, but I want to hear that there is some thing putting the like some type of structure where it's putting together. a season like putting together the 2022 season starting with with store checking or store or local kits uh regional kits special events like hyperspace national events like euros or north american championship or u.s Nationals, things like that and then leading up to a world so ideally i would like to see that scaling level of um competition where everybody can get at a local level and then still progress up to, to towards the final what i would absolutely love but i don't think will happen this is i put this in the like one percentile chance of it happening is i would love for them to do a uh kind of like a player registration so that the season so so that you you log in the gold
0: squadron id that that exists
3: exactly something like that where where it tracks your progress through the season And even if you don't win an event or if you don't get top eight, if you participate in enough events, or if you cumulatively participate enough, that that's another way for you to enter into like worlds and stuff like that. Uh, So tracking progress and then having um, like uh, a, a, a player ranking and stuff like that, just, just, just go all out. I think I would love to see something like that to that level. I don't think we'll get it, at least not this year, but um, that's 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 the hope. So that's that's the the from it, it can be anywhere from yes there will be organized play to the sky's the limit,
0: right? To the moon. All right, all right, and uh, let's let's go ahead and hit those. Uh, ru- what rules updates? Like Ryan, you got any speculation for me? Because I was honestly surprised to see rules updates. Because I mean. Normally that's just something that's communicated. They have the forum there. What, what a, rules question mark, help me. Uh,
1: my assumption is probably some clarification things that have occurred from since the newest packs of ships. Uh, maybe even some clarification things for the upcoming release as well. Just they're, they're getting ahead of the game on some things they may have caught post print or, even just clarification on new keyword wording type stuff, just to make sure uh, things are as buttoned up as they can. Um, could just be. I'm. I. I can't really expect anything big. I'd be really surprised if, if and what it would be anyway. Um,
3: How about hyperspace?
1: I mean, does if it, they consider does, that, is that, that a, usually that points of, though, right? That's usually a points thing, yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, I'm not expecting that much out of the rules beyond clarification. If they go anything more beyond that, I have no idea what they would go with. It would just be wild speculation at this point. If you asked me what it could be, so well, I wonder clarifications may. Yeah, so maybe real quick, real quick. so here
0: here's one thing like is a, I like wonder. A sand brew? I don't know. I, <laughs> <laughs> zam, yes, oof, oof, Zam. Um, Erotic I'm, leb not allowed in scum anymore. How about that?
1: Rule update. If How about it, that?
3: If 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 you bring Sloan to a tournament, you have to carry a backpack that weighs a hundred pounds which you. Just
1: so do you're <laughs> stressed as much so as your opponent. So would. you're physically stressed <laughs> or the opponent's
0: stress. <laughs> nice, nice. See, I when I see rules there, I. What comes to mind is they are going to do something to the base rules of the game because if if it's errata, say errata. like, but because if you're just gonna come come and say rules updates, that tells me there's something in the game that is changing. It could be small, there could be small things, but. Uh, you know, we we don't. Of course, you're right, Ryan. It would be wild speculation of what they could be. But just when I see that in a post, just kind of be like these are big ideas, right? Points is a big big impact on the game. Future of organized play, big impact. New products, big impact. Rules updates. I can't imagine that that's small. Like that can't be. That that seems like it should be. Some gratuitous, something so, grandiose. I guess here,
1: here's an example along the lines of maybe like, you know, something that does change in the game, but it's small, right? Theory Theorizing, wild speculation. There's been a lot of jam stuff in the game happening right now. They've seen how effective certain things are, but they're also want to make sure jam as an action can still be effective in all initiative levels instead of just high initiative or spammed on via FTC. Mm-hmm. So what if they say... We're going to reel in these things that are really powerful right now, FTC as the big one. But we're going to say you cannot lock friendly ships or um, obstacles to just neuter someone else's jam on the other side of the table. Just something along those lines, right? Like if you see jam across the table, the first thing you do is start locking your own friendly ships so your opponent has to jam that. What if the opponent could choose? I can jam one of your tokens or I can, I can leave it there. Mm-hmm. Something would, along that effect.
2: Would, uh, what about a change to where you could take a damage instead of a jam token with that?
1: I don't know give... if that would be a trade I would take. You very... wouldn't trade that. Do you wouldn't take that trade. I don't know. It's very sit to game situational, but yeah, pr- probably the, the locking obstacle still needs to be a thing. Cause Chad mentioned there are cards necessary for it. Kira is a big one, mm-hmm. but you know what if the jam action person says I don't I'm not jamming the lock, it just gets to stay there.
0: One okay here here's here's some other wild speculation. So th- this is coming up uh, with a few people in the chat that there are some generic ships that they feel are too ex- are too expensive in the points. If there is some function in the game that can limit maybe an overall, like you, you can't take eight initiative ones. Maybe they limit it to four or something. I'm just thinking about just kind of like some type of numbers control on generics So in order to bring down the price, but prevent you from bringing. Br- Basically bring, adding bring in the,
1: the ability to bring pips as part of the PDF as part of a rules mm. thing.
0: Right, right, or even just lowering the total number of ships that can be allowed in the game—that could be another way. Yay, trade Federation!
1: My heart. (laughs) Why did you do this to me? Look, look. All right, so hold on, hold on. This is my fair trade. I've come to this conclusion with other friends in other circles. I will lose the eight-ship count. You cannot play two ship lists
0: oh okay no so sex. you must you have listen. a three it's now
1: three to seven everyone three to seven okay <laughs> no, i, mean, I not actually yeah
3: I, I think that's good but i actually like eight i think eight makes sense um a rule that i would like to see changed or updated that has a significant game impact would be the the final salvo or the oh. uh mm. basically the tie in a tournament environment, I would love—I would love to go back to the—you uh, know remember back in 1.0 when there was like a half-point win. Uh, if you won by 12 points or less, it would be like uh, you only got like partial points for it. But instead of doing that partial points, it's like um, uh, a win is two points and a a tie is one point for both players. Like just there, where there is no final table. If you don't win you only get half points or, or you both lose. If you want to go as far as saying like you did not win, you you both lose. Uh, just in any in tournament. How would, you, how would you solve a final then? A final? Well, uh, you can have like, like certain circumstances. I mean, you can keep the final salvo for... Only for the final.
0: It's the final only final for, salvo. O- o-
3: only for like elimination rounds for like mm-hmm. single elimination. Or you can do... Um, but even then, like, I think it should be a 50, 50, not like, Oh, it's my advantage to be like, so in a final salvo for, uh, you know, for qualifying or whatever we call it, like, um, it's just like a 50, 50 shot. It's, um, you know, you both take, you know, four dice and you both roll or something like that where it's, where it's more, it's not like, it's not to somebody's advantage to push for the, the final salvo. You know what I mean?
0: Okay, so taking like, take like disconnecting the I I have you know twenty dice red dice in my list. It's my advantage to to want final salvo. You want to take you want to disconnect those two.
3: Yeah, I want to disconnect that, and also I want to during Swiss like completely nobody. Somebody who wins a tie or somebody who loses a tie should not have the same amount of victory points as someone who outright won their game that that's that's my view of it like if if you tie you're tied like yeah you maybe you got lucky with the final salvo but you still tied you didn't beat your opponent you know uh so i think in a in a swiss environment uh a win is better than a tie and it should reflect that
0: maybe we lose the two-hour final 75 minute final. Let's go. AMG, time to grow a pair. Let's go. Let's do it. Okay. Dion no wants to sleep. <laughs> I want to go to bed. <laughs> like, seriously, like, th- th- there's no need for a two hour final. No, no need for a two hour. F- Stop it. Stop it. It's not more grandiose. It's not. M- I have seen exactly two games two games out of all the finals I've watched that was worth being two hours two and the winner would have been the same yet 75 minutes
3: was it was one of them the loop and uh, well,
1: that's. that's, that's, that's <laughs> 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 so Marcel speaking to your uh, ties and really uh, finding solutions to that right now final salvo and whatnot finding something better. Um, there's a couple people I know that were doing some data and comparing the difference and the trends and how it works out in an event, comparing MOV to strength of schedule. And so far, the results I've seen from them testing it out, um, the trends are pretty close. And I mean, it sounds obvious, but um, they're a little more. There's potential that you know, what, what if they just say. We're not doing MOV as the tiebreaker in your ranks. We're doing strength of schedule.
3: Yeah, but isn't strength of schedule completely not? You have no say in your strength of schedule. Like you, 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 get you play who? Like you can play somebody in turn one who ends up going five and one, or you can play somebody in round one that ends up going. Yeah, and but doesn't six. that
1: show that you've beaten better players?
3: exactly but that's not a, like you have no say in that you have a say in your mov your lo- your your level of skill equals bigger mov you you have no say in playing somebody who's on 6
1: you know, or and then 1 and 5 and then 2 and 4 like, i mean you, you also have, have no say in the matchups you get and that can drastically determine your mov as well true but you still
3: have to play the game in order to get that mov you still I have got to. I,
0: I got i got a third solution MOV doesn't matter. Strength of schedule doesn't matter. Only graduated cuts.
1: Yes. Graduated cuts.
0: That's what it. does that mean? I don't so, Only
1: wins matter. So basically, so you remember Gen Con, Marcel? Oh, basically, me. you got to
3: be X1 to advance Correct. And everything. Yes. That's, yeah.
2: They did it for the Open Series one yeah. year mm-hmm. as well.
1: Yeah. That, I think they did I, that in a race actually, race too, didn't I, like, it? I like that a lot more, too. Yeah. Or not the at Worlds. World? They
3: did that at... Uh, no, they did that at some events. I do remember they did it at some events. Yep. where It was like, you had to be X1, and even if there was... We were worried that there was only going to be, like, nine players advancing, and then... Uh, actually, was at the System Open, and um, mm-hmm. wasn't it at the, in the System Open where... Uh, who was the one? I think Paul Heaver won, or... Uh, I know I played, and uh, Duncan played against Paul Heaver, and Paul He... I think that one that was, was, that no, was... That was
2: Texas? No, that was the most recent
3: one. That was in Nova. Oh, okay. Like, in the East Coast. They but they've,
2: they've done it before, yeah, to where, like, only X and 1s go on to elimination.
3: Yeah. Uh,
1: so I will say, graduated cuts, yes, I would think that overall is a better thing. But to kind of encourage people to keep playing, you got to make sure you got good faction prize support still.
0: Yeah. I, say I think I will that's say... why
1: people... <laughs> kept playing at Gen Con even though it was a seven round day which was very grueling um, but if you don't have any incentive for people to keep playing I'm just going to leave
0: Hmm. yeah and uh, additionally additionally, I will say as a tournament organizer planning prizes for a graduated cut is also significantly harder because if I say "All right, there's going to be a top 16 I know I can make 16 of whatever If I'm doing a graduated cut, now, if I say, all right, everybody who makes the cut is like, well, now this is dependent on how many people actually sign up, right? That number. And I have zero control over that. By making it a top 16, I have control over that. So that's something that tournament organizers will have to... We'll have to balance. I will tell you, I'm going through that debate right now with with planning larger events in the future is I like the idea of a graduated cut of some kind, whether that be X and one or X and two and it kind of functioning in a different way from there, but it it just it messes with uh with pricing. Go ahead, Marcel. Why have have you thought about
3: or would you consider for for one of these uh you know the galaxies or something like that mm-hmm. to to just pilot some of these things the graduated cut is pretty pretty straightforward yeah. but something like you know to get rid of the final salvo and just say, hey if you tie you tie you just get half you know you just get half a victory and things like that
0: so I, i'm willing to i mean to you try... tr- you're in control they're not oh. they're not i mean you're you're yeah, you, I know. You, the the only thing that i've i've been trying to be consistent on is like i wouldn't want to change the rules this late in the game for the qualifiers i will tell you i got a twist planned for the battle of alderaan for the actual galactic championship final event i got a i got a twist planned we'll talk about that here in a little bit uh well not today sorry soon tm okay (laughs) on that but i don't want to change the rules of engagement for a qualifier so people are all of a sudden playing on different rules uh for that even though technically as points change new product the you know things change there but um so you know
1: let me ask you as an organizer of all these online events if you're trying to implement graduated cut and you're having this internal battle trying to figure out how to prize that correctly to plan for it couldn't you still plan to give out top 16 or top 32 prizes and the cuts just whatever it is anyway If I there's guess, less people you'll huh. still give out the prizes and people will still get prizes even if they're not in the cut the adverse effect is maybe if the cuts are larger then it maybe kind of forces your hand to saying that like if it's larger than 16 then it forces your hand to saying maybe i gotta have a top 32 prize but it's not very costly on you.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that you
1: can still give out those because they're still milestone amounts because that those are the perfect bracket numbers. Still.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, ideally, ideally that's. I mean, if if the money works out, then then it can. But it's it's always it's always a, a cost a cost relationship th- thing there. Um, I saw another another suggestion it was like, oh, just make a prize wall. Well, you say just make a prize wall. There's a lot of waste. When you create a prize wall, especially for a small business, like really GSP is a small business. All right. So like I would love to make a prize wall for for um, for this, but it would have to be of things that were created in the past. It wouldn't have all Mm -hmm. brand new shiny things because now I'm all of a sudden having to manufacture stuff for for new stuff and then whatever doesn't get picked up is gone or i limit the amount and all of a sudden people are upset because they can't get something like that that's a whole can of worms i would never want i feel like if you ever
1: do a prize wall it's going to be like 100 percent digital tts stuff only
0: yeah correct correct (laughs) but yeah i mean there's all this let's bring this back to the original um original point is rules updates future of organized play i am curious to see what is coming because from our conversations we we can see that there are a lot of paths now we're not the decision makers in any of this we're we're on the boat we're on the ride just like you guys so we're curious to see and um it is it's it's one of those where um when when the decisions are made we'll let you know what we think but we we'll essentially <laughs> we'll have to we'll have to think about it um And and pecking bread here in the chat says, well, it does sometimes stink to get alt art cards for a faction you don't play. I get it. I get it. But again, there's no guarantee that anybody ever participates in an event. And I will say that as a person, like I always pay artists for for the art that they do for GSP. I don't rip things off the internet, off of movie stills or anything like that. Every artist for GSP is paid. So if I am going to do it the way that I feel good about it, uh, we couldn't afford it. We couldn't afford to do, you know, eight uh, or excuse me, seven different cards for factions and then other things for the top. Like it just, it just doesn't work. So, um, and I could understand like for for AMG, or then they actually roll it back for Esmodi. Thinking about what what are some of the reasons why FFG organized play may have been blown up? As I could imagine, some of their costs would start to balloon pretty quickly and you do end up sitting on some un a bunch of unused stuff you're like what do we do with this right so it it's interesting like this is a this is a mix of, of a lot of different branches this can go out into but let's bring it in we're excited to see what AMG has to say on Thursday now um, I I am currently in talks with mrs. GSP to see if after the mini extravaganza. I can go live, of course, gentlemen. If you guys are available, you are more than free to jump on with me. Um, but we'll—I'll we'll, have to wait on that. I would say probably I could probably convince Mrs. GSP, but uh, I know we're gonna have some thoughts right away, and and while we have them, some some reactions to things uh, things that are happening. So that's that. Looking forward to it september 9th 4 p.m pacific 7 p.m eastern figure out all the other times in between all right now let us talk about the tatooine galactic championship qualifier now while i know that even in the chat a lot of people have said like ah man things that things have kind of been a little bit stale points are like points haven't changed in such a long time we are still seeing innovation it's not as drastic when you have you know brand new points and brand new product but there are some small things that are starting to creep in there that i think are interesting we're going to go ahead and talk through our top 16 again if you didn't catch the action this weekend the videos are live on our twitch channel for you guys to go ahead and uh for your viewing pleasure and if you are one of our YouTube watchers. You don't watch us on Twitch. Those will be up uh, probably starting sometime next week. But let's go ahead. Let's start with our champion, Ryan. Go ahead and, uh, and start there. We start with Nick Kyling.
1: Utilizing the new favorite archetype of the Scum Faction, it seems, an extended the assage. Lando, Bosk, the triple I-4 large base ships utilizing Jabba and a seemingly infinite amount of false transponder codes. Cutthroat. Uh, let's see. Zam, obviously, on Bosk or Greedo as well. Triple Zero on Asajj. Uh, Shadowcaster title and Contraband also on Asajj. And then Lando's Falcon as well. To give Lando a little bit of punch, we you know ships end up stressed after linked very often. Um, It's just a very mean list that tells you you're not allowed to have tokens very often um, and blocks up a lot of space and has a lot of ability to move in whatever order they want, since they are all I-4. It's hard to bring down any one of these ships very quickly. Uh, Potentially the Lando one, but I'm pretty sure that one's not leading the charge. Not going to be easy to take Lando down. Bosk is likely the first to go in um you've i mean, i haven't watched many of these games dion will if you've seen these i mean i know dion has will i'm and i'm assuming you've helped commentate during the time that this archetype has shown up commonly how does this list approach the first couple turns are they all stacked in a corner and move out from there do they spread at all how are they attacking what, what's the normal approach
3: I just walked into the uh, approach, where you're asking, I, well, right? You've flown it uh, before? Uh, I, have
2: not, I have not flown it. I can admit, I've flown things very, very similar to it. Um, a Bosca and Assange combinations, the and Lando combinations. Um, I mean, you're, you're bringing Bosca and Assange up front normally, like, uh, and you try to protect Lando or try to get him on the flank utilizing that turret. Um, I mean, you're large bases, so you kind of have limited
3: options unless you utilize self-bumps. Yeah, I only played against it once, and that was in the uh, XTC. And the way that he had Bosque and uh, Lando in one corner and then Asajj on the other one, and then he shot Asajj fast, and then he had Bosk and Lando kind of, like, in the corner slowly. And then he brought in Asaj in the center, Bosk in the center, and kept uh, Lando in the corner. And I just noticed I'm pointing at
0: you guys on the screen, not at the camera. But <laughs> whatever, you guys get the point. All righty. Well, Nick Kyling, getting the W in a, in a nail-biter versus the runner-up, Fawn Langalon. Go ahead and take this one, Marcel. So,
3: Fon brought... Uh, let's see what he's got. He brought three HMPs and a General Grievous. The HMPs being the Bactoid drone uh, with Diamond Boron missiles, the uh, DRK probe droids, and, well, everybody's got the stabilizers. And then two Genosa prototypes with synced lasers. And then uh, General Grievous with Treacherous Kraken and Solus-1. Um... Did, oh it's a 198 so i assume yeah because um the lando one is usually at 199 or 200 so he's so his general grievous was acing so that's that's pretty good having an acing grievous um it, it i mean i, I would have loved to see it i know that four hmp's tend to get chewed up by the by that but i think grievous um Kind of evens things out a little bit, so I'm curious how that 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 whole thing would have gone. Also, the uh, DRK probes and HMPs are great at at annoying all the false transponder false transponder recharges. So uh, I, I I didn't see it, but I'd be interested to see how uh, see the replay when he uh, and see how it, how how it went.
2: So if, uh, Kraken as well for those uh, holding tokens for anti jam defense.
0: If you go back in the replay, if you don't want spoilers, it's time time to cover time to cover your ears here for about thirty seconds, okay? Um, Nick Kyling came in super fast, just aced uh, HMP on the first turn of engagement, uh, and brutalized another one. I mean, it was, it was bad, but fun in his classic style, never give up, never surrender. He, he was able to keep it a game all the way into the last turn where he had a path to victory. It just didn't work out, but, um, it was, it was a great game. It really was, was a lot back and forth. Um, the, the probe droids didn't, uh, they didn't get to do their thing because of how fast the HMPs, uh, sorry, how fast the scum ships came in, those large bases. But uh was still a great game. I highly recommend, if you have not watched it, to watch it. It was fantastic. All right. we We're moving on here. We have an appearance of Dash Rendar. We'll break it down. All right. Uh, this is James McCluey.
2: McAuley? Uh, I don't know. Yes, James, bringing a 200 point rebel list here uh, with Dash Render utilizing uh, Trick Shot, um, bisstand, perceptive Co-Pilot, and False Transponder Codes. So you get two focuses, so you get two shots, uh, four dice, uh, five dice, if it's obstructed, uh, which should be easy to do because you ignore obstacles. Uh, you have Jan Ores uh, with Jan Urso and the Molded Crow, allowing Dash to take focus evade if necessary, or even Jan, uh, two focus tokens built up, you can get a third token that could be evade. Uh, Then to round out the list, uh, AP5 in the Sheathapede Shuttle. Uh, Normally seen just uh, activating that perceptive co-pilot on Dash even while stressed, so that's AP5's ability. Um, And then just to be essentially just five health of bait halfway through the match uh when the opponent has given up or uh given up on trying to shoot dash or has just been decimated uh by uh six and five dice attacks from dash uh round after round absolutely uh demoralizing to have six dice rolled at you range three obstructed
0: feels bad And this is one of those things where I know that we don't see Dash as much making cuts. But he's out there. And it's it, if you get a player who can go on a roll with it, it is extremely dangerous. Can really punch above its weight class with those five, six dice consistently. Um, it's, pre- it's pretty baller. Watch out for Dash. And if Dash's points, you know, as because his points have slowly creeped down and it's been he's been punished a couple times with, like, upgrade card combinations uh, that used to work, that don't work anymore, like double tapping at initiative 7. That used to be a thing very early in 2nd edition. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you are blessed. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> but always watch out for that price of Dash. As it starts to creep down, you can really start getting some powerful combinations. Now... The next one, I I have to take it here. Attila, (laughs) a.k.a. Totem, brought two Geonosian prototypes. Those are the uh, HNPs with Discord missile, sync laser cannons, and repulsor stabilizers. We also had DIS-347. That is one of the tri-fighters. Yes, a tri-fighter got into the top four with fire control system. And then O-66, you go, who is that? O-66, that is a Sith Infiltrator, okay? Now, if you are a, a connoisseur of GSP lore, you know that I, in O-66, we have, we have some some issues between us. But uh, this ship has Intimidation, General Grievous, DRK probe Droids, and the Scimitar title allowing it to have access to uh to cloaking and decloaking those drk one probe droids a lot of people are familiar with it the general grievous crew honestly i haven't seen it play too much but every time i see it on the board i go man that's so good that's so good general grievous crew i'm gonna go ahead and uh and bring up the um the the image of it because it is it is that good give me give me a moment Uh, I think we have
1: seen General Grievous in some of the quad hemp lists mm -hmm. where the carrier of, say, Kraken or the Dark One probe droids or both, uh, they add the crew of General Grievous on it to help make sure that that higher cost HMP has a little more staying power.
0: Yep. So the General Grievous crew. Right here, while you defend, after the neutralized result step, if there are two or more hits or crits, you may spend one charge to cancel one of those hits or crits, and th- you do get to choose. So, a- AKA the crit when it comes through. And after a friendly ship is destroyed, recover a charge. I mean, th- that is that is that's baller. Has one charge base, but that's a that's a great great piece of tech that we see out there. Yeah, Curr- and, uh- currently, only three points.
2: Yeah, that's the price of a hull or shield, which it should negate unless the enemy's only putting one damage through at a time, which you're probably fine with at that
0: point. Right. <laughs> so the strat in this list is you got 066, that big base, taking that intimidation, getting in the other squad's face, and then, Will, you were talking about it, that sink laser cannon is so good. It's like, hey, you're intimidated. I got three dice from range two or three. And uh, there's potential, especially with these Geonosian prototypes, that uh, networked aim, being able to modify with the lock, you hold on to that calculate. Maybe you had it from, um, you know, from 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 that turn you did was your action. You set up the target locks before you're taking away range bonuses like it it can be very powerful. And uh, and totem did make a fantastic run getting all the way into the top four. Yeah, we should
3: we should also just mention that 066's ability is actually really good. Um, like his his, his ability is if it wasn't an infiltrator, uh, it would probably be one of my favorite ships. It's just it's, it's it, I mean it's almost as good as Count Dooku's ability. Not as good, but it's for the for the price, it's an amazing ability. Which says after you defend, you may spend a a calculate. To perform an action, so after you defend, if you have a, if you have, a, um, you know, it, it's kind of like a boss scenario where okay, I, I defend. I only have one agility, so I'm not really caring much about this. But I have a three dice gun. Let me toss this, calculate away, and re- and change it for a target lock, or I'm gonna take a lot of shots. Let me take the first one, and then now I'm gonna cloak. So now every shot I'm gonna be cloaked for. Mm -hmm. Um, for all the, you know, if if it's like multiples of ships shooting at you, um, one calculate is one focus result, say well, I'll get that focus result out of here and now I'm going to be defending with three agility for the remainder of this you know, Uh, engagement.
2: Kind of like Tavson as well can utilize that Scimitar title to jam. Uh, We actually saw a lot of uh, jamming through Dark One probe droids, which is unheard of uh, essentially, that you can measure jam, scimitar jams from the Dark One probe droids. Um, I think the, one of the games we caught on stream, uh 66 just like flew away and was just like, jam, 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 jam. Like, I'm out of here. I'm not
0: turning back. Jam actions till I die. Like, I had never seen a jam from a, a probe droid until that game. I think it was round th- five. Wait, how does, how does that work? I didn't even know. Uh, you're, you're saying something I'm not. I'm not
2: so probe droids allow you to lock to measure from them when you lock and when you jam there's two abilities on those probe droids oh the problem is that ryan correct me only the hyena coordinator and the scimitar are the only jam actions in cis yes the
1: hyena coordinator being dbs
2: 32c has a red coordinate instead of red reload because it doesn't have munitions you mean
1: red jam yes
2: yes yes sorry thank you um and yeah and the scimitar title so there's only two ways to do it um and we don't see the in hyena ever and we almost even rarer to see a scimitar these days
1: you would have seen the coordinating hyena if Adepticon happened. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I had plans. It was going to be dangerous. Oh, got to love it. Got to love it. <laughs> Ryan was like, oh, so I close. had a
1: secret sauce. I was so ready. There was the, it, was, it was the Boba <laughs> Fen days. Those Fens were not ready for the proton torpedo coordinated.
0: Alrighty. Well, let, let's keep it rolling here. We go to our fifth seed. Connor Holmes bringing Django Zam, pretty well known. This is the uh, 194 variety. Lone Wolf jamming Beam Sidious on Django thermal detonators, false, transcon- tr- false transponders. Uh, Zam built out the same way, no Lone Wolf, and has Dooku on board. And oh. and then we go to uh to a new flavor here. Take it, Ryan.
1: So we have uh, Sammy, also known as Netter, running a Galactic Empire list, utilizing Vader Defender. Uh, with an upgrade card, you really shouldn't bother putting on there, but it's Jamming Beam. I guess if you're trying to jam, Bistan, Dash, sure. It's one of the few edge cases I would do it. Uh, Inquisitor, and then two Inquisitor, tie Advanced V1s with Foresight and a five-point bid. Um, if you're not running two ships, Vader, meaning Vader plus a thing. This is probably the type of loadout I like the most when it's Vader and two other ships. Inquisitors are really annoying to kill because they can evade and have the force. Uh, Foresight is its own kind of hurting and area denial effect. And they're also really, really maneuverable. So it makes it uh, you can make it difficult for your opponent to hunt down either of those two, and they're not a lot of points. If you if one of them's on death's door, and it was, you've only given up twenty points, it can decide to leave and evade, and just I'm out. I don't need it anymore. As long as Vader's here to win the day, he'll take care of the job. Um, In I don't know how many weeks back or a month now, when I had pointed out that the meta has shifted downwards in its ship uh, uh, amounts in a list. It only makes uh, Vader Defender even better in the meta. So now you're seeing Vader's popping up more and more, being more and more successful. People who've had more and more time with him to get used to what you need to do to make sure Vader wins you the games shouldn't really be any different than most other defenders just the fact that you get to use all your tokens defensively and your and your repositions defensively while still having maximum offense so this is just a variation of a vader list that utilizes two uh, partners instead of just one
0: all right the seven seed octacon bringing his classic m3a swarm we got Three M3As with tractor beam, three with uh, and four with auto blasters. Total of seven ships. There, not no disrespect, but we've talked about it quite a bit, and uh, it's a great it's it's great. Watch out if you see it on the board, be scared. <laughs> just, just Especially be... if
1: octor is flying it, he knows what he's doing with that list. Uh, just...
0: That's right. All right, Marcel, go ahead and take Leon's. Okay,
3: uh, Leon Van it flew. Um... This is actually also another kind of another uh, staple. It's in the Rebel Alliance. It's uh, four Cavern Angels z T-65s, so the Initiative 1 T-65s, and then two Bandit Squadron Z-95 pilots um, with Threat Tracer. So it's basically six ships, uh, four X-Wings, two Z-95s, and um, they have the potential of killing, you know, basically killing anything that that's in their path because those uh double modded three die guns from four of them and then two of them in the back um uh, loading them with uh, the ability to double mod, and also um they're shooting three die there you know the traces are three three dies so even if you do, you don't hit It's still uh, probably making some, especially the AC ships, you know, burn through tokens and stuff like that to prevent the, uh, so they also kind of help with, you know, either making, forcing somebody to spend tokens uh, by giving a two-die gun an extra extra red dice or making all the other ones hurt more. So, uh, again, I don't think it's, uh, it's one of those lists that is beatable especially because it's it's initiative 1 and you can just outfly it if you have something that's that's maneuverable um or alpha strike it like if you have uh uh there's ways to beat it but it's also just like a little bit too much efficiency for my like this is one of those lists that I feel like should not fit within 200 points
1: really why i don't think
3: so uh huh it's just a little bit too much efficiency f- and, at, at six point. I mean, for a guy who flew Barons with tracer missiles. I don't I think those should RZ. exist either. No, no, I'm not no, saying, fair. I, Yeah, I don't think those are efficient. I mean, those are, I don't think those should exist either. Uh, like this list, I can see it existing if the threat tracers were, like, if you had to lose the threat tracers for this to fit or if um, you had to give something up in order to fit the Thread Tracers in there. Like maybe- I mean, we I are mean like,
1: took- we're, we're likely going to see Thread Tracers go up. That's a get- good guess right now. But with barons, you know, and this list and Seeks, I see a lot of people pointing out swarm after swarm, efficiency list after efficiency list, because theoretically anything is efficient, whether it's Ace or not, you're efficient for your cost. But... When is it acceptable I know, to I, have I, a swarm on the board anymore, it, Marcel? It, it's fine There's to have swarm so on the board. Right now. I, I'm Come not on, saying that's... at
2: least have two agility. Yeah,
3: they that's have two agility, it. but they... I mean, it's... It, you know, you're talking about... Um, I think the, the Threat Tracers is where it kind of pulls it over the edges. I'm not even getting started with OctaCons list. Like, OctaCons list uh, just... It, it's a li- I think the upgrades make it a little bit tough, but I... um uh, you know, putting tractor beams and all that, like three that may basically converts them into three die guns, right? Um, but then you have the the old traditional swarms, like I, <clears throat> excuse me, like Trade Federation drones, eight of them or two six of them, and then a couple bombers. Like that uh, seems like that's the way it's intended to be. It's 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 a swarm. It's got a lot of TIE fighters, TIE FOS, um, so things like that. I think, you know, like I see them and I'm like, oh yeah, that makes sense. But when I see something like this, or when I see something like the um, the one that was out there a little bit ago, which is uh, what is it? It was the one with Torkoal and then a bunch of Carrax fighters and stuff like that. It just feels like, like um, just like a big block that that just got so much hull, so much everything, and so many so many red dice. It, it kind of Makes sense to not engage, at all, and just be like, let me run around a little bit, poke here, run around some more, poke there, so,
1: which is fine. I mean, like I said, they're
3: beatable. It's not like you can't beat them. I, I you know, uh, obviously somebody beat them. That that's not. Oh, yeah, they they're going to win the event.
1: <laughs> but, most most swarms are either not showing up or they're getting mopped the floor with these days. They're they're getting beat by lower ship count lists. Um, so uh, hot take, right? So we. Have seen this. This meta has quote stale has evolved to the point where when we thought the Tyvee One Baron Swarm was the beast, right? Where is it now? It's it's it, people have developed counters. Things have showed up better at higher initiative, as they tend to do. The name pilots start to still reign higher, and they find ways to work around it and beat it. If the Nantex were able to continue moving on, and the Meta was able to continue evolving from there, I don't know if the Nantex would have still been as dominant as they were during the time when they were as crazy. I uh. think eventually, if it was if it was forced to have the same amount of time that the Barons got, because they work similar, right? They're bullseyes. What's dangerous? They have the spike damage. Granted, I will admit the Nantex did have higher time on target, but they had more consequences for doing any repositions. The Barons had better repositional linked action capability. I don't know. Like at this point, I, I, I kind of see that equate that them have uh, some equal to, to each yeah. other. And we've seen the Barons drop off because other things have showed up. But, and uh, granted, they were from new cards. FTC is a big one to limit those procket offenses. But I turn back time. If the Nantex were given the same amount of time the Barons did, do we maybe we see that some people evolved and would have overcame it?
3: So um, I think the FTC and the Bosk with Greedo would probably make life difficult on them because um, you just basically okay, you don't have a token. I don't care if you reposition so no, it will
1: be popped left and yeah right yeah so now, right now now
3: you've got no token you're tractored and i'm going to punch you really hard um and especially want like the list that that can take also gamut key and just be like well and i'm going to be double reinforced so i don't care if you're shooting me six times so you bad best gonna do half on me um so i think you're right it would happen one of the differences, one of the key differences that the Nantex had over the other ones is initiative four versus initiative three. Plus definitely uh, anti um, basically anti blocking. It, it was, I think what put the Nantex over is yeah. that if you had a good, a good, a good lower initiative player playing, you could not set up kill boxes as easily because even if you set up a kill box and they just ram into you, they're like, well, I rammed into you, and I'm on a rock, but now I'm not. You can move around, yeah. Yeah. So,
1: like, you can make an argument right now that maybe you should be allowed to fit six of the I-4s, no upgrades. They're all 33 points. Maybe the I-3s, you could make them 32 and see if you want to fit a couple Predators in there. I'm just saying... As metas normally evolve, they find the things that the the efficient early jousters show up and then slowly people find ways around it or tools get introduced by new releases that change it. For as much as people have been concerned about barons and seeks and other swarm archetypes that are considered efficiency lists that joust most of the time, there's a very low amount of them right now, and it's probably not something worthwhile preparing or teching for anymore.
0: I think one of the other things that has pushed swarms has made them harder to play. Let me just put it that way: is the existence of thermal detonators. They're super cheap, and if you could bring them, you're doing a lot of damage to to many ships. Like you, the value you can get out of thermal detonators versus a swarm is very high. You potentially strain, potentially damage, including critical damage, on top of there, and then you you throw on F- uh, FTC as well, false responder codes. Uh, you're just like, all right, you don't have any tokens, you're taking bomb damage, and you're strained, and now you're gonna die. <laughs> you know, so a lot a lot of these jousting lists can end up in a situation where in that opening, really, their list is minus one ship. And if they are not minus one ship, that's when the the swarm potentially has an advantage or a better chance to end up winning the game. All righty. Well, let's let's keep it rolling. Let's keep it. That was a great discussion, by the way. Great discussion. Yeah.
1: Sorry for the tangent. If we no, went a little that, bit over was, on that uh, one, but it's, <laughs> I, it's a lot on my mind recently
0: with that looking yeah. at the
1: numbers I've been seeing and uh, just making comparisons between barons and the the old nantex from last year.
0: Oh, yeah. All right, Will. Locky M- Mulkey. All right, Locky
2: uh, bringing a new favorite uh, list archetype, which is three Jedi Knights um, with the 7B configuration, giving them that uh, three attack dice, two agility, uh, three hole, three shields, stat line. Uh, then Shock T uh, in the Ada 2... Uh, with marksmanship, auto blaster, and R7, A7. Um, a new a staple uh, build for the ADA, uh, the uh, crit build, uh, utilizing auto blaster to push through automatic crits onto opponents. Plus, Shock Team, in addition to having that uh, threat of the auto blaster, can actually support these Jedi Knights by letting them hold on to uh, tokens especially evade tokens that they would normally never want to spend their force and their perform action step to, uh, to take. Uh, so we've seen a lot of iterations of three Jedi plus, um, but Shakti T uh, again, we see here uh, filling in that fourth slot, um, probably deservingly so for only 51 points. Uh, it's a straight up steal for that Shakti.
0: Oh, yeah, it is. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Our next one, Lukash uh, Lewandowski is my guest. We have another Republic list here. We got Warthog. We didn't see this one on stream. Warthog with Clone Commander Cody, two of those Jedi Knights, and Squad 7 Veteran. Of course, Warthog, uh, the shtick there is that for itself and its friends, able to uh, keep them alive until the end of the engagement, even if they are destroyed at a higher initiative. Uh, And that is really what pushed this list forward, is being able to be a little more risky with those Jedi Knights and that ARC-170 and make sure they get a shot make sure that they can actually shoot before they removed off the board. So just overall a good, this feels like an all comers list. Like it's like it can play well against most archetypes just for the fact that all the ships can punch. They have modifications on their, on their, uh, on their shot and they will always get to shoot before they die. And of course, it always just feels bad shooting at a lat first and not a Jedi, because you think about taking out Warthog first, but then it's usually in the back, and it creates a bit of a conundrum. All right, next we have—you know what—I'm going to have Will. I'm going to have Will take this one. Uh, Julian uh, Gallo deck's list as uh, something close to Will's heart here.
2: Yeah, I like this list a lot. Uh, I've been flying it ever since I saw. Uh, Charles Holcomb, Pink Panther, um, uh, doing exceedingly well with it. Uh, it is, uh, two E-wings with fire control system on R3 Astramax. Those are the Rogue Squadrons, which are the Initiative 4. Very important, uh, that Initiative, because you're flying next to Jake Farrell, uh, in the A-Wing, um, who does the Boost and Bear roll uh, to give out fo- focus actions. He's rocking Proton Rockets and then Harris and Dula in the A-Wing with Proton Rockets as well. Obviously the Ni6 being able to coordinate, um, she's not using, or er, pseudo coordinate uh, when she's not using her own token. This three agility list just hits so hard in the Joust. If you can get uh, one or e- even both those Proton Rockets off, and then some double mounted shots from the E-Wings, you can easily, uh, so the Ewings wings take two locks with the R3. Uh, you can easily take down those two ships that the Ewings wings locked uh, in just like the opening um, two engagements. Uh, it has the added protection of just stripping off all of the um, false transponder codes. That's like the new boogeyman right now. Um, that we see in a lot of lists and the rogue squadrons just laugh at their opponents for trying to bring false transponder codes. uh, And why is is that
0: for somebody who doesn't, who doesn't maybe not familiar with the E wing? uh, It's because they have a ship ability
2: um, called experimental scanners. Experimental scanners uh, simply reads, you can acquire target locks beyond range three uh you cannot acquire locks at range one uh so that i mean that's like what uh what i want to say like canonically the what was like the best thing about the e-wing was that had the best scanners could scan a whole system uh in just a simple fighter um but now we're using it to snuff out uh these false transmissions uh from other ships and it uh it's had the weirdest effect. I think I first noticed this when... Um, I think it was Nick Tobin, actually, swapped out Benthic in the normal Haritani list for an E-Wing uh, just to combat false transponder codes. And now we see him here again um, and showing up in this squad. It's uh, so like you you have like one of your biggest hard counters just gone, just punished for being matched up with you. Uh, but being able to... Give those three agility E wings what they desperately need, which is defensive modification. Uh, you can get up to, so if you take an evade action, Jake gives you a focus action, and then Harris flying around near you with an evade, that's a lot of modification on just a simple Rogue Squadron escort.
0: Not only that, you I can said. actually get that reposition and focus, which everybody everybody wishes uh-huh. that it was focus boost or boost focus on those on those rogues. and now you go boost Hera, give me the focus <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, was, i've I've had a lot of play time with this, and yeah, when. When Jay can barrel boost and give you one of these rogues a focus action, and then it K-turns, it still had its lock from fire control system and Harris buzzing around with an evade token, like you're still fully modifying both dice pools even though you're slooping, which is absurd um, that you're even able to do that kind of stuff, so I expect to see this um, a lot if Harrow only goes up two points, expect to see this list uh, more frequently after the points update.
0: All righty, Meng Ti Tang here in the top 16 as well, A.K.A. TMT. Uh, very similar uh, list of what we've been seeing: Lando, Asajj, Boss. The little bit of a twist here is we have Unkar Plutt on board, uh, on board Boss for a little extra tech, and sitting at 199. Uh, What did Greg Squire bring here, Ryan? Uh,
1: Marcel's most hated. Uh, Starting off with a Scarif-based TIE Reaper with Admiral Sloan. uh, Then three Alpha Squadron pilot TIE Interceptors. And then two ships you don't, well, one ship you do normally see, but kitted out slightly differently. And then one you don't normally see with a Sloan Swarm uh signer specialist tie aggressor we're aware of that normally but not with a dorsal has thread tracers so not only not relying completely on sloan to get pre-rolls offensively but tracer missile and then wampa 28 points that's all i had left decided i'm gonna go with a ship that's gonna draw a lot of aggro for, for the least amount of cost wampa's not there to be in towards the end game anyway um the interceptors are ideally meant to be the last ships on the board. So they're consistent three die shots. And um, yeah, it's beyond that. It's a slow and swarm. You kill stuff. You're going to get stressed, double stressed, then maybe stressed again. If you decide, I mean, so there are the ways you generally combat. That is you either have that ship that got double stressed leave or Keep fighting and be the ship that keeps killing everyone. Keep Just have a pile of stress for just your one ship in the list. But generally, um, can't go wrong with a Sloan Swarm as long as you have the right kit out of ships available. Ship counts going down, Sloan's viability goes up.
0: All right. Enrico Eno uh, bringing Quad back toy drones but a little bit of a different flavor I, you know what ryan sorry five back toy drones ryan i'd like you to talk on this one uh, this one as well uh, i know you were on the 5hmp train uh what wh- why why is this good and or you know what why five over four
1: so i mean it's just a whole another ship you have to chew through and the nice thing about repulsor list i mean so people think they're like oh it's just a y-wing health like i can chew through that i just gotta chew through an extra one Still ate a lot. And the big thing is the side slip. You know, if played correctly, uh, and I tend to view the right way to play the five is to not do a block of them unless you're specifically trying to gain some early turn positioning and you want to make them easier to position, but you want to spread them in some manner and not have them all be. Side slipping one term and not side slipping the other term, making your opponent guess where you're going more often. Trying to track down which ones are going to be side slipping. I mean, it's it's board information. You obviously can't lie about that. It's not hidden. Uh, But in this version, still maintaining uh, ion missiles, but actually with every Bactoid drone, and instead of my version, which had only two and one of them being DGSO 47, and then having K2B4. I valued K2B4 because it had that extra staying power, allowing the chance to me to say, I'm going to add an evade, or you can take a strain. And because the 180 arc offers that higher chance to make that strain more dangerous to take, People have more of a questionable decision whether they're going to take it or not. But I do see definitely the value in five ION missiles, though. That still can be very dangerous for anyone to land in a single one of those, because if they get ION, that just means those HMPs can position however they need to, because they are I-1, they're likely moving first, so get where they need to go and close in on the thing that's ION and eviscerate it.
0: All right, then. Last but not least, we have uh, Sven Punga. Sorry, we got two more. We got Sven Punga with uh, Django Zam, and then this one, Marcel, I want you to look at here. Luke Thompson, simple but good.
3: Um, yeah. So we've got Blue Squadron T seventy X wings um, with BB Astromech, and the Blue Squadrons, if I'm not mistaken, they're the initiative twos, right? Initiative once. Okay, so he've got four of those. And then we've got Rose Tico with the C three PO, uh which is kind of the uh, the standard right now. So uh again pretty straightforward. One, two, three, four T seventies, and then Rose Tico, which is an I3 coordinator plus Rose gets all the benefits from having all the friendly ships around. Um yeah just, just super solid and that that the T seventies are are individually so much better than a T sixty five with just um, that one that one that one shield. It's not only that one shield; it's the one shield and also the native boost versus the barrel. The boost tends to to do a lot more. And then um, the BB Astromex also just allows you to be anywhere you want to be, and then double reposition when you need it. Very good.
0: And we have a very, couple. Very good we have a couple of honorable mentions as well I will say with the top 16 we had two players Uh, we had one player who was uh, it was Timo Rabe, was actually ranked ninth and couldn't make it so he's, he's our honorable mention here and brought a two ship list Darth Vader into Defender with Instinctive Aim and Proton Rockets and Echo with Lone Wolf Passive Sensors Fifth Brother and Stealth Device an absolutely fantastic list um, obviously Vader is the hammer here, Echo can do some work as well but really Echo is mostly bait, it is corral fodder, you're moving the lists around, obviously you have to deal with Echo if you ignore her, she's going to take you apart but um, I, we did get to watch one game with him on stream and Echo surviving on one hull in, in an engagement made it so that Timo could come back from behind and win the game. It was it was ridiculous. It was fantastic. I highly suggest watching it. And you do see right there at 17 uh, another honorable mention Charlie Colote, our 2020 Galaxy's champion. Did uh, didn't quite make the cut. Ended up being at seventeen, but uh, but was in the running. Does have his invite now to Galaxies Twenty Twenty One. We'll be watching carefully and uh, and flying a form of resistance shaozers. So fantastic! That is sorry, Mrs. GSP. Uh, <laughs> walk walking in the room here, uh, but yeah. So the Tatooine Galactic Championship. Uh, qualifier lots of great plays i'm curious to see what this weekend's announcements ends up doing to our last two qualifiers because the reality is if we get new points those are live for the next one if we get new like rules on things let's go crazy Uh, um you can only use one copy of a specific generic in a list hey It's live. We're doing it. We're going for it. All right? I know that would break Ryan's heart. I'm just going to extremes, Ryan. I don't think that's going to happen. Okay? But, uh, you know, I I am – I have a feeling that we're going to have a big shakeup. It's just there's going to be something big. And, of course, September 24th, we got the FO packs going live, and we have the Y-Wings, which means they're coming out a week before – hoth that hoth is our next uh, galactic championship qualifier and that will be legal for that assuming that it's hyperspace because also hoth is hyperspace so we'll end up seeing what happens who knows oh my god what 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 do i do if amg's like guess what hyperspace doesn't exist anymore now it's this other thing well i guess it's that other thing
2: yeah, community ban list, I guess. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I think that would hurt me more than the generic thing that you said earlier. <laughs> I, it, it doesn't even have to be named Hyper... Like, we're going to get rid of hyperspace, but here's this new thing. I still like a curated format. Yeah, Either all way. right. I want to keep supernatural reflexes away from me. <laughs>
0: I, I get it I get it. Well, everybody, we covered a ton of stuff there. I'm excited to see what happens on Thursday, and hopefully, we'll be back with uh, with our thoughts that Thursday night. Um, any final things you guys want to throw out before we head home, Ryan, Will, Marcel?
2: Oh, um, speaking of the mini extravaganza, uh, just you know, PSA to everybody uh be active in their chat but uh you know they they you're talking to people on the other side of that computer so you know watch watch yourselves don't uh um what do i say don't get out of your pitchforks just yet um i know they've had maybe not trouble but it's come up before um, so just everybody, you know, represent, show, show off your, your X-Wing emotes, uh, just let them know that, you know, um, X-Wing, th- there is interest in X-Wing, um, if they can
3: provide content for it. So, I, I, I mean, I heard that too. I've, I've heard that there was like, I, I think I know, Ryan I was who, that. Yeah.
2: I don't know who it was. I just know Ryan oh, posted a like, whole, uh, yeah. shame Post about it. Yeah, yeah, but I also,
3: uh, I mean, to be to be to be fair, Ryan tends to be a little more sensitive and, sure. and, and more uh, more stan. like he's he's more pro farmer. everything. Farmer. Yeah, Ryan. Farmer. Farmer. No, Ryan. Farmer. I was we really have,
1: confused. Yeah. No, sorry, I, sorry, missed, sorry. I missed the context of something. I'm like, wait, me farmer? No, uh,
3: yeah, but I was always just curious because I never really knew, like I never really knew like what somebody because it might have been something like yeah like don't don't be a don't be a blank, blank, blank. Um, just I don't know. think it was like personal attacks on like the people, but it was people
2: uh, demanding and requesting absurd things or just saying outrageous stuff that doesn't act, doesn't reflect the X-Wing community how we want to be
3: yeah. reflected to I No, mean, don't, don't don't be a jerk, but at the same time, if you have legitimate questions, ask yeah, those questions yeah, and don't worry question? about yeah. Yeah, post yeah, so, like, questions we'll do it respectively.
1: So yeah, just be be respectful. That's very simple.
0: All right, it it is it is really that simple, guys. It is really that simple, uh, because I think I think I feel like we mentioned this recently in an episode. It is very easy to dissociate the humanity of the people that you're watching for your entertainment. Or, or in this case, if for AMG would be for. I mean, that's still for your entertainment, right? It's th- like there are people designing the game, and uh, they have thoughts and emotions and problems. And I'm sure there's plenty of plenty of stuff behind the scenes that we don't know. Um, be a good, be a good. It's it's one of those things. Like let's let's show the positivity that the X-wing community has. And good questions, like actual good questions, not like "Why do you hate blah blah blah?" is a terrible question.
1: Or right? what's what are all the ships coming out of the next year?
0: Right, they're never no, going to. They're,
1: ask- they're not going to spoil that stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. Exactly. There you go. First time caller got it. Be kind. Rewind. Yes. Uh- <laughs> Just make sure. Make sure that if you're asking questions in the chat. Make them good questions. Don't ask things that you know that they're not going to say because you are literally. This I, I do get frustrated in those streams when they've happened, when people ask these questions that you know they can't answer. And they waste stream time addressing the fact that they can't answer them. Stop asking if the blah, blah ship is going to be added. Like It's not going to happen. They're not going to address it. All right? They're not going to do address it. That's it.
3: If you have that question, just ask them on Facebook. They seem to answer everything, <laughs> even like stuff that's not released. Like, they seem to answer. So just ask them on Facebook. Ask them on like Messenger or
1: something. Do, do we want to end with our uh, quick, bold predictions for the Razor Crest that we'll get this week?
0: Bold prediction. All right. Bold prediction. Um, I'm the host. I don't got to go first. One of you, you guys. <laughs> All
1: right. I, I guess I had one in mind. Um, This is more of a hope than a prediction. I hope there's more crew type restrictions akin to Vader and triple zero and BT one, similar to the Mandalorian and his crew, because I'd like to see the Mandalorian and his crew utilized in the razor crest, or at least along with the Mandalorian and not randomly scattered amongst the entire faction. That is the bloated scum.
2: Fair. So maybe like a, uh, oh my god, what's, is her name Gina? Now I'm blanking out. Tara. Uh, Dewan? Tara, thank you. Uh, like, Tara could be Resistance in addition to Scum? Is that what you're trying to have, uh No, more, so, so
1: more like, you know how Triple uh, Zero Crew and BT1 Gunner, they say Scum or Vader? Uh, yeah, or like I have to Vader, have Vader, Vader in the list. The list. I, I would like it if some of those things actually required you to have the Mandalorian in the list, e- e- even to take it in, oh. obviously, in the scum faction. So it could help limit where they can go or what you need to invest to get them in your list, type of thing. Because <laughs> I think that's. I, I just. I see the scum faction just getting so hard to develop around. There's so much stuff. So limiting where things can go might benefit them in the future for design purposes.
0: Especially scum. Scum is one of those where it can continue to bloat. If it doesn't end up splitting itself into factions, It it, it is already our biggest faction. And if you just kind of look at the way Star Wars media is going, it will just continue to be the biggest faction as things get released into it.
3: Yeah, you can also do... Um... I would love for them, I don't think it'll happen, but I would love for them to start breaking out scum into uh, sub-factions. And not saying, like, you can't fly these two things together. But, for example, a Black Sun upgrade only available on Black Sun ships and a Mandalorian update. I mean, upgrade you can only use when, like, like you said, like the Mandos are. I think Ezra is another one, right? Like, there's certain things that if you have Ezra, you can you can bring them all through Yeah. You can bring them all with Ezra, but you know, like, like you said, something to, to limit the, the, to control, I wouldn't say limit, to control the interactions that are possible with all of the shenanigans that the scum have. So just saying, I mean, yeah. The uh, the PDFs added Mandalorian
2: and Bounty Hunter keywords and are utilizing zero of it. So there has to be something in there. Why why would they add those keywords? Doesn't make any sense.
1: Do you think we might see our first Mandalorian keyword card then this Friday, Will? Ooh, ooh, like a Beskar armor kind of uh, situation?
2: Who knows? Um, Okay, okay. I am not gonna make that bold prediction. I'm going so bold. Uh, that the uh, Razor Crest is going to have a new maneuver, uh, whatever it did, dogfighting the X Wings. What was it like? It was it wasn't quite the uh, the Firefly. Uh, Turn around and atmo boost thing but it was it was something like that oh shoot now it's been too long you can give it Being the a,
1: maneuver you can give it the maneuver free fall because it's done that in like so many episodes already. Uh, <laughs>
2: yeah maybe uh maybe not maybe even if it's not like a new maneuver but i won't be able to like just 180 my ship and then take my maneuver just flip the whole thing around and hit the hit the burners going the opposite direction um something that because we've already seen slam in the black one title so it has to be something a little bit different than that so yeah that's what i'm going with whole new maneuver may not be a new template probably not a new template but i want a new maneuver that's what i'm going
0: for how about you diom Did marcel marcel you get something in there yeah what was it just a bold prediction yeah yeah um i don't
3: know about a bold prediction i just want baby yoda I want Baby Yoda to be a crew, and um, it to be a crew that is usable. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking like something, um, because I mean he, I mean it's just a little, uh, it's like a little Dragon Ball, right? It's like a little, little ball, little ball that it's not gonna do anything, but it just has force. It's just like emanating force because it can't really move around. It can't really do anything other than go like meh. So uh, it heals. So maybe something with either healing or something that's just like a like a force bubble, like this effect happens if if you're within proximity of the little baby Yoda Dragon Ball.
0: Well, one one of the things is also the timing and the, the design because they would have been designing this after season one, right? Mm-hmm. We might they might not have had all of season two for that information, like total. Awareness of what's happening there. So, uh, so you say no well, frog lady crew? I, 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 I think <laughs> well, we're not gonna have frog lady. I,
1: I, I think Dang. we'll know for sure depending on what the name of the baby Yoda card is.
0: Oh. Right? That's true. That's true. If it says the child well, like, Grogu, or
3: yeah, 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 but that's something you can change, though. That that's like a last
1: minute yeah. change. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah you changed
3: but... that pretty late, right before printing.
1: Yeah, the design space is way back when.
0: Insert somebody in the chat who says Ray Skywalker win. And then the whole chat starts fighting with itself. (laughs) You you didn't say something. All right. So for myself, we need. um, I want the best crew to come out of this pack to be Queel. All right. Has to be Queel. I know. I cried like a child when he died. Spoilers. All right. Like, I, I, I was hurt. I was, was hurt. Well, he's, uh, oh, the I have spoken. The,
2: uh, yeah, I have spoken.
1: Yeah. That to, you, you, yeah. Uh, No, I don't think it was Tatooine. It was a plain local. That? I like Tatooine, but I don't think yeah, it yeah, was. Yeah, that
2: was, so I um, I just assumed tattooing, but you're, maybe mm-hmm. you're right. Dion, do you think he'll have a
0: condition that says I have spoken? Oh, Yeah that you, you have to you got to use those and there also needs to be I I think that the um, Din, Din Djarin crew or if they put the Mandalorian crew he might end up having a condition where it's like this is the way you know something something you got you got you to gotta use those iconic phrases you got to use them
1: oh here a talent called this is the way Mandalorian only because other mandalorians said it
0: right oh i like that i like that there we go well we'll we'll find out we only got to wait a few short days thank you everybody for hanging out and uh, we have more x-wing coming your way wednesday um wednesday we might have commentary if i can get everything to work i got some testing to do but i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure it's gonna work uh, live in person X-wing with commentary from uh, from Will and 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 friends. I was called <laughs> Will and friends. <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, uh, that's it for tonight. Thank you for watching. Be smart. Be safe. Gold Squadron out.